this is the point where we do some kind of a smooth transition to the start of our interview, like we always do. <laughs> it's always, it's always, you you always start with well and then the guest name. So well. Exactly. That's well, it. Jordan. Well, Jordan. <laughs> Dang it. I'm that predictable. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just that used to working with you. That's all it is. Well, Cassie, uh, something unique this time around. Uh, decided to do a, a nice season one recap and and interview each other. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun episode. Hope everyone's in for a in for a wild ride here. Little walk down memory lane with you, Jordy. I might get a little emotional. I'm a little emotional. I know. Oh my god. Season one. Can you believe it? Oh yeah, this has been probably one of my favorite projects to work on so far uh, this year. Or possibly my entire career. So yes, it has been. I feel truly lucky to get to speak to these brilliant minds for this. Yeah, our our uh, geniuses were were truly geniuses. They lived uh, up to the was, name. Way to go, that they lived up to the name for sure. Yeah, and a good group. Everybody doing such cool, inspiring research. I mean, from Mariana Trench to microbes in the soil to bioinformatics on uh, SARS-CoV-2 biobank samples. I mean, all, all over the place. you have any any favorite, um, I guess, applications that we've gone over? Oh, I think, I don't think it's a big surprise when I tell you how jealous I am of that Mariana Trench uh, uh, research. That, that is The toilet just... brush situation is what sold oh, me. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that so fascinating. Uh, ROVs and... and um, all of the the different collection stations and how they're using digital PCR to to really look at the microbes there and hone in on you know are they dead are they alive what does it tell us about uh, life at the the most extreme environments I just find that absolutely fascinating. Yeah, very cool for sure. I would say probably for me, and it's not necessarily an application, but it's an aspect of the show. Is I loved loved because of who I am and how I function that we had so many wonderful examples of brilliant, just excellent women in STEM on our show. We love uh, to see awesome. the representation. We love it. Yes. Snaps, snaps, snaps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> really a, a, a very diverse uh, uh, guest uh, lineup, not just women, but uh, you know, people from all over the world and, and that are doing just um, amazing research and, and, and really changing the world. It's inspiring for sure. It is. Yeah. And they had um, like all of them had very unique backgrounds. Like I wouldn't say that there was I think every single guest we had at some point, their tr their path towards where they've reached in their career. It was not necessarily, um, I guess, what maybe many would can like consider like the straight path or the traditional path. So I love that, too. Yeah, it's good. Uh, everyone with their own their own career experiences and, and wisdom that they'd pass on to uh, to the next generation of scientists. Probably one of the episodes that might still be giving me nightmares is when we covered, uh, it was episode three with with Patrick, and we were learning about parasites. <laughs> and it's just like new horrors unlocked for me. <laughs> I know. My favorite was his story of falling in the lake. I do love that, I, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, just how how involved uh, even his family is in, uh, in, in research as well, and looking at snails, and um, I don't know, just a, that was that was really cool, really cool to see how 
science and his his research permeates every aspect of his life, really. Yes. Yeah, I agree. What what uh, what did you find cool uh, when it comes to how digital PCR was used with the with the guests? I mean, everybody knows we love digital PCR here on Absolute Genius. So I think for me, I mean, honestly, I found all of it cool. Every time we had a guest on, I was like, wow, what a unique and interesting use of DPCR. And I'm not just saying that because this podcast is about DPCR. I actually genuinely mean that. But I think one of the ones that really, um, for me, was particularly interesting because I don't necessarily have really any background knowledge on it was Nikhil's episode and all about bioinformatics and those applications because that is just such it's always been such a mystery to me so yeah it was it was very interesting for me uh, what about you I learned something from every single episode but um, having uh, Zoltan and um, and Corbin on I thought was was really cool I I don't do any uh, um, or, or have had any experience with zebrafish and uh, model organisms in, in that sense and uh, it was just really cool to hear about how they're able to bring these model organisms up in a way that allows for um, really nice controls and um, to, to delve into that world of what, what it takes to grow a model organism and use that within, within their research. Yeah, that's a good point because I've never really, I've never really dealt with zebrafish at all either. And it's, when we had that conversation, I was like, wow, this really is such a crucial aspect of research for so many people. And it just never even dawned on me. So yeah, that was yeah, definitely an eye how they use digital PCR to look at infectious diseases. I mean, never thought about um, infectious diseases playing a role in the genome of, of zebrafish, how that can actually impact uh, the, the experiment setup and, and, and the model organism. Yeah, we really did run like the gamut of applications this season. I mean, we, we've, we've gone from wastewater research to we had parasites, uh, agricultural applications and research, and then, of course, I mean, there was Dave's episode where it was just it was so much math that I'm just I'm still I think I'm in recovery from that one also. <laughs> but <laughs> his episode was one I learned the most from. I, it's just it's not something, you know, I, I am not a I've, I've taken stats classes, but I'm not a, a stats guy. I'm not not necessarily a math guy. And um, it's just fascinating to hear about the uh, the modeling, although, you know, my brain doesn't quite fully comprehend it. Um, very, we very appreciate cool and unique. Yeah, yeah, we can appreciate <laughs> the complexity of Poisson and and how that impacts digital PCR. What boggled your mind the most? Literally all of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, actually, and this is like, a, I think, a very positive uh, mind boggle, if you will. It wasn't necessarily any one specific topic. What it was, was how well each guest could convey really complex information about their research, really technical topics in just such digestible formats. Like, I mean, I I know I have a little bit of a background in these things and, and you do too, but for me, they made it like, wow, I could talk about this now. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, that was pretty mind boggling because by the end of it, I was like, how'd they even manage to convey that so well? So I was very impressed by that. What melted your mind? Oh, I, I, I'm, I always go back to the, uh, the toilet brush, uh, it's situation. Toilet brush. Mm -hmm. yeah, with, uh, with Brandy and, um, and Lydia and, and just the creativity around solving problems in, in science. And, you know, it's not just, uh, it's not just, you know, book knowledge. It's, uh, how, how you approach problems and, uh, what, what you do to solve those problems and, and how that, uh, plays into your research, um, 
I just thought it was really cool. But when there's a newer instrument on the market and things like that, I think it can be kind of easy to be a little skittish about, well, I don't really know. I don't really know if this can apply to my research or I don't really know if this is going to be a good fit and my, worth my time and my investment. But I think this season really did put a nice kind of um, uh, put on a nice show of there are a lot of possibilities for DPCR. And it really it really is a very powerful tool uh, in a lot of different scenarios and, and for people to keep kind of in their arsenal when they're conducting their research. Yeah, that's something I took away too is, you know, it's a, it's a tool in, in, in their toolbox to, to get them to, to that end result, right? Which can be uh, data, deeper insight in the, in the research that they're conducting all the way to the scale of manufacturing a product, like in the example of, of uh, Ray Ketchum, right? And, and manufacturing these soil microbes and how it's used to scale up production there. Um, it's uh, it's really cool to see new technologies, how they're implemented in, in different ways for different applications and how it advances the objectives and, and research of researchers in multiple different cases and, and scenarios. Yeah, and I think our guests, every single one of them, did a really, really nice job of sharing what those wider implications look like. Because I think it would have been very easy for them to come on here and be like, yeah, DPCR is great. And it gave me these numbers. And that's what that means. But then they were like, no, that's what that means. And that's what it means beyond that. And I think that's really important with any any kind of discussion around research in general, right? Totally agree. 100% agree there. What did you What did you learn in terms of of uh, digital PCR from from these interviews? I'll let our our guests in and all a little secret that's probably not at all a secret. But I had minimal knowledge around. I had basic knowledge, I should say, around DPCR. Probably for me, and I am so glad we had her on so early in the season when we were recording. Was a, a very helpful conversation for me. Was with Marsha, our own Marsha Slater. A lot of the um, specifics within DPCR that I didn't. I didn't really know about, and um, it was interesting to see her career path too a little bit on how she she moved kind of from qPCR into the dPCR realm, and she really shed a lot of nice light, I think, for somebody like me in particular who's more familiar with qPCR and kind of the differences between the two, but also how they can kind of go hand in hand in some aspects. So for me, I think that was probably one of my biggest learnings, aside from all the cool applications and ways that you can use it. I'll stick with Marsha's uh, uh, episode here as well, too. I mean, for me, it was just learning about how digital PCR can be used for uh, molecular integrity uh, applications. If you're looking to see if if your gene is intact, um, which, which is really cool in terms of cell and gene therapies, right? If you're using a, a particular gene as, as kind of the promoter gene, the, the gene that you're utilizing in, in different therapies, if that is intact and, and if that plays a role in how it's going to function as to when you're developing these these types of therapies and, and researching these these types of approaches. Um, I just found it super fascinating that digital PCR can help um, in that particular application and, and looking at uh, molecular intactness and, and intactness of that gene. So every day I learn new cool things about digital PCR, how it can be applied, how customers are using it. Um, it's just always great to talk about it. Cassie, I, I want to move. I want to move to your background. You you, you mentioned uh, not necessarily having being the most technical or, or even the the, uh, the 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 genius around digital PCR, but um, you do have a science background. Can you maybe maybe tell us tell the uh, the listeners a little bit about where you came from and how you landed here? Well, listeners, 
been a real journey. I have a background in everything under the sun. Because <laughs> I have a She's wide. She's not lying. Ar- it's true. <laughs> I have a wide array of interests. Um, educationally speaking, I have. <laughs> I have degrees in history, biology, emerging media, and uh, most recently biotechnology. Um, I also completed some graduate studies in forensic science, and then I ultimately decided, no, not for me, but still very cool and appreciate it, but not not my jam. Um, <clears throat> and then professionally, my background is still pretty eclectic, but if you look closely, everybody, and walk with me on this, there is a little thread that connects it all. So I actually started my career in clinical research. I was a clinical research coordinator. I helped to carry out protocols in all kinds of areas, Um, uh, pediatric anesthesiology, pediatric neurology, uh, some OBGYN studies, some cardiac studies, uh, all across the board. And I saw a lot of very cool things, a lot of very interesting things. Ultimately, I felt the creative call and I was like, I want to be, I'm creative. I'd like to use this in my day to day. But I don't want to let go of the science. I have pursued advanced studies in science purely because I just love science in all of its its pure form, the curiosity around it, everything else. Um, and I knew that when I completed my graduate studies in biotechnology, it wasn't necessarily because I was going to be working in a lab, but it was because I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to be able to talk the talk, so to speak, a little bit, and I wanted to um, just know that and like prove to myself that like yeah I love science I can do this and I can complete these advanced studies and I found a way uh, to unite both my love of the creative and the scientific into kind of this strange career journey for me one of the most important things over time that I've taken away is that there is no such thing as like an invaluable skill all those roles I was able to take something from and bring it to the next role that was a long-winded answer that's awesome. I figured it would be long-winded. You have a you have a a very interesting background. <laughs> yes, it's it's nice and bizarre. Yes, it is like me. I want to hear about yours, Jordy. Tell us. Oh, fun! You know, it's really interesting. That same kind of thread that uh, inter- intertwines your uh, career journey is the exact same one that uh, that intertwines through through mine. I mean, uh-huh. I, I ever since I can remember, I always wanted to go into dental school. Can I ask specifically why you were so attracted to being a dentist? Do you know? Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't have one thing that, that, you know, I can, uh, that stands out, but, but the, uh, the, the furthest memory back I can, I can get, I've always wanted to be, I had always wanted to be a dentist. There was, there was no recollection of, of any other career path for me. I, I can't remember anything, but the, the standout kind of, earliest memory of it is that old claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer where the where the the elf the blonde elf is a dentist right and I just remember loving that claymation you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and and that blonde elf was me I was the blonde elf I love that for you (laughs) that's not what I expected (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's the that's probably the furthest memory back is is just thinking about that elf pulling pulling the tooth from the uh, abominable snowman i think is what it was uh went into college uh with dental school on the horizon got 95 percent of the way through through my education my last semester of senior year is when i finally changed my mind um on uh not going into dental school the couple months after graduating, uh, taking a, a job as a as a researcher at a at a small biotech company, and 
um, spend some time on the bench working on product development and and developing some some really cool technologies. Um, had a really really unique uh, opportunity to get into marketing as well, just just like you did, and, and took that opportunity um, and haven't looked back. I I fell in love with that same you know creative aspect and and bringing in some creativity as a blend between. Uh, creativity and science and and uh, with some some science communication kind of thrown in there as well and I uh, ended up you know getting my MBA later uh, it was it was uh, more than five years after being in the biotech industry went back for my MBA and absolutely love where where I've landed big time and I think one of my favorite parts of my journey across all of these very different and strange backgrounds would be that I've come to develop this appreciation that brilliance or dare I say genius, it can take a lot of forms in a lot of different um, disciplines and areas. And I have gr- I have developed such an appreciation for the uh, for intelligence in all of its many forms along the way. Like I have met some really, really brilliant scientists. I have met some really, really brilliant creatives. And I've met I've met people in, you know, in between that are doing kind of a little bit of both. And it's just um, it. That's been one of the more eye-opening things for me, having this very strange sort of zigzaggy career that I've been on. Brilliant creatives or creatists. <laughs> Ooh, yes, exactly. Cre- oh, I like creativists. Creativists. Laser beam noises. <laughs> I just I have to get a sound effect in here. <laughs> Taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about Applied Biosystems Quant Studio Absolute Q DPCR system. This instrument enables quantification of your targets without the need for standard curves in only 90 minutes. Digital PCR can be as simple as preparing your samples, loading onto the plate, and running the instrument. Unlike other digital PCR systems, the Absolute Q DPCR instrument does not use emulsion or other droplet-based methods to compartmentalize reactions. In fact, the microfluidic array plate technology enables consistent delivery of more than 20,000 microchambers. It's a great solution for anyone looking to quantify gene targets. And Thermo Fisher Scientific has a suite of DPCR assays for applications like AAV viral titer quantification, liquid biopsy analysis, and wastewater surveillance. You can learn more at www.thermofisher.com slash absolute Q or visit the Absolute Genius webpage. Again, that's www.thermofisher.com slash absoluteq, or visit the Absolute Genius webpage. The Applied Biosystems Quant Studio Absolute Q DPCR system is for research use only, not for use in diagnostic procedures. Let's get back to our conversation. My earliest thing that I wanted to be was a paleontologist. That was the earliest thing I can remember. I was seven years old. Oh, and that, who doesn't like, want to be a paleontologist? Big time. That's, that's awesome. From there, I transitioned to wanting to be an archaeologist. And I, I wanted to be like a female Indiana Jones. You know, this belongs in a museum. All of that. Held on to that for a very, very long time. Um, honestly, up until pretty much I left for college, although I did go into college with an undeclared major. And the funniest thing is, if anybody asked me then, what do you want to study? I would have said, I don't know, but I can tell you it's not marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said the same thing. Here 100%. we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I I avoided anything marketing mm-hmm. related with a like ten foot pole. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I uh, totally yeah. agree. I was like, no, absolutely not that. That'll never be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I was there something like anything that stood out that was like actually I really enjoy this. I I wonder why I never thought of this before. Is there is there an aha moment there for you? Yeah, and it actually came from when I was. Uh, investigating my emerging media studies for those listening who aren't sure emerging media is kind of like at least for my program it was very much like social and and social media and digital marketing and and all that and i decided okay i'm going to go ahead just just i had just left my forensics program i was like i'm just gonna just out of curiosity i'm gonna look into this and i i attended like a kind of like a little webinar like a little introduction to the program this is what it's about thing and they asked in like the chat, they were like, hi, what's, you know, tell us a little bit about your background or whatever else. And, you know, for me, it was like, well, I, you know, I have history and I have forensics and like biology. And the thing that was the turning point for me was <laughs> everybody was thrilled that I had a non-traditional background and how welcoming the, like the, t- the whole team and everybody was. And then uh, my classmates, once I got into the program and everything, how welcoming everybody was of that was like something to me where I was like okay this is a field where if I can be appreciated for having knowledge that's not necessarily what you would expect then this is kind of the the type of place that I want to be in this is something where it could be a real asset for me having this kind of eclectic background so for me that was like a yes I'm heading in the right direction I'm not necessarily aha moment but you know I started in R&D doing product development and actually that the moment that I was able to get into marketing actually followed my product from the research and development phase into commercialization. And I enjoyed, you know, being able to tell stories and, and, and hear stories of how that product was being used. And, and um, I, I found that I, I, I really love telling stories around science and, and how the different platforms are innovative and changing things and um, moving discoveries forward. Um, and and I, I really enjoyed that kind of blend of science. I mean, I, I view marketing as as still doing research and, and, and conducting science. I mean, even you run a campaign, you have a hypothesis about how that campaign's going to run. You know, you, you form your hypothesis, your null hypothesis, you set out your methods, you run your campaign, you look at your data and, and you come back and, and adjust. Um, you know, that's how I view marketing as well. So it's uh, it's it's a really cool blend of of um, storytelling, creativity, and, and science, and just find it really, really insightful. And not not just that, but it touches so many aspects of of business as well. So it's a great kind of in between of how customers are using technologies to advance their research and advance their science, and then how that impacts uh, innovation in business and and the business side of it, right? And and what we continue to develop and 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 bring to market. So I just found it a really really cool area and insightful area to be in. More than just you know I'm on Facebook right or, or, or social media all day, but it's just it's that blend, it's that storytelling that's really really fun. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of like misconceptions about a lot of careers out there. And I would say yeah, for marketing, I think it's it's right off the bat you think okay, it's coming up with like cool slogans and like you know whatever. <laughs> but there's actually yeah, there's a whole like. There's a whole analytics and metric side to it. There's a lot of uh, numbers crunching and looking at projections and and all of that. And that's a fun sort of more technical side to it that a lot of people, I think, forget about. 
Cassie, I'm going to turn the tables here too. You're, you, we've asked this of all, all of our guests, so you're going to join Jordan's career corner for Ooh, just a moment. Jazzy music I here. Know, the the, <laughs> the alliteration is is not a, a, as good as Cassie's career. Jordy's corner, journey. Jordan's career corner. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> what was your proudest career moment or or proudest moment, uh, even uh, on this podcast? And what was your biggest? Oops. My proudest moment, actually. I have a series of them, but one of my, I think my favorite and most like, aww, moments would be when I was working in clinical research and I was working with, it was a pediatric study. I was working with a child and she was very scared and we had to get some samples and it was like a, the type of study where you had to take samples at certain time, like intervals. And I was able to become like the child whisperer and I let her paint my nails and I let her like play with my hair and I, you know, all kinds of things. And we were able to get all the samples we needed on time. And at the end of it, uh, she didn't want me to leave. <laughs> so that was, that was like actually my proudest moment because I was able to like think up my toes and be like, look, and, and I think compassion and like empathy and like all that, I think it's very important in any career, um, but especially in, in that moment. And I was very proud of myself for like tapping into that. And I was like, yes, you can paint my nails. Um, my, my most embarrassing moment there are just so many okay well and I think this is actually this is also back when I was in clinical research I was put in charge of creating the first ever newsletter for our research department and I wrote up the whole first newsletter and we know that there is a PI for studies and as we know those in the clinical world or, or really any kind of research, they know PI stands for principal investigator. When I wrote the newsletter, I wrote it as private investigator. <laughs> and even though several eyes, I'll have you know, several eyes edited this thing, including my own, none of us caught it, and it got published and distributed around the entire hospital with private investigator. That's amazing. <laughs> so I made this poor, wonderful, brilliant doctor. I was like, I made him sound like at night he was like, he was like investigating people's crimes and like whether their partners were having affairs. Oh, that's awesome! And I'm still embarrassed about that. Yeah. What about you, that's Jordy? Amazing. Welcome what to Cassie's great career story. corner. <laughs> Jazz intro again because you can never have too much of it. What's your proudest moment? And what is your oops? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them the most cliche answer. For Hit proudest. us. We love and, it. And <laughs> and it's a podcast. This absolute genius podcast. I do love I, this too. I, it's been so fun talking to uh, so many guests and, and seeing how, how uh, cool their research is and inspiring their research is. It's, it's been one of the most fun projects and, and, and programs I've, I've been a part of so far in my career and something I'm Same. proud to be a part of. So that's, uh, that's for me. I know. Oh, I know you gave me the warm fuzzies. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I'm enjoying this too. And I'm specifically enjoying doing it with you. Oh, same. Oh. Uh, uh, ditto on that Friendship. one for sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's get embarrassed. And biggest, biggest embarrassing moment. I, I'm going to go back to my my lab days. This would have been my my first year after graduating. Um, you know, I had I had not done uh, gels like agarose gels for uh, uh, um, when when you're doing PCR, you're you're looking at uh, DNA bands. I had not done one before, and the way that uh, this was done is they they have the liquid agarose um uh that that kind of solidifies in a in a glass flask i've got right? this I, I think i have a similar story but go ahead oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know you put it in the microwave to, to to heat it up and liquefy it before you pour it and so when it cools it 
it turns into the gel in, in, in the tray. And, uh, and I stuck it in the microwave, right? And, and I heated it up and I, I couldn't quite tell. I was looking at it, couldn't quite, quite tell if it had fully liquefied, if there were still clumps in there that would, that would ruin the gel. So I opened the lid and I kind of put my eye over oh, it. No. And when I, when I shook it to kind of see, it hit the hot parts of the glass and bubbled up and exploded in my face. Oh no, okay, and not have... the same. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I'm glad your face is okay. Wow. Uh, yes, I mean, it was fine, but I had I had clumps of gel in my hair wow. and in my eyebrows and all over me that, you know, in the middle of the lab with, you know, 20 other people in there. That was my biggest oops. And I walked away, you know, walked away. I had to go to the, to, to, to the bathroom to clean out my hair. Clean out your gel clumps. Gel all over. <laughs> this has been such a fun, funky, fresh wrap up. And we we do have like a wee bit of a special announcement. But first, we would like to say how much we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to Absolute Genius with us, you know, over the course of this season. But and I, you know, cue the drum roll and fanfare here. I think you should make the announcement. <laughs> All of that to say, Jordan, you do it. Jordy, you do it. <laughs> so we are super excited to announce that we will be back for a season two of Absolute Genius. Woo. Yay! If you enjoyed listening to Absolute Genius this season, we encourage you to please leave us a positive review, but also... Please send in your thoughts and any suggestions for future episodes to absolute.genius at thermofisher.com. Genius is spelled G-E-N-E-I-U-S. We are in the planning phases currently. We're lining up the next round of amazing geniuses. And we invite you to say, stay subscribed, stay listening, and stay curious and join us for season two. Yes, cue the happy kid techno. <laughs> <laughs>